So the men, there were several men that did a study out of Gary Mary Boyers, and Adam was in there. Aaron Powell was in there. Craig was in there, right? Craig and Theo. Yeah, in the men's study. So, um, who else is in there? Gary, myself. That was probably everybody, wasn't it? Yeah. So we had a good time, but we did a book. It was called The Kingdom Man or something like that. I'm taking some thoughts from that. And um, one of the, several of the chapters dealt with Psalms 128. And that's what we're going to look at today. Uh, Psalms 128, 1 through 6. You know, Proverbs, Proverbs has the Proverbs 31 woman, right? Right? And men, I was kind of like for a long time, I didn't think men had their own chapter, right? Well, we do. We have, we have Psalms 128 that kind of talks about a man, all right, men. And so that's what we're going to look at today. The idea of a real man, I believe, is attack, under attack in our culture. Uh, even with some of the, the gender identity stuff, I really feel like, I, I, don't, I just don't feel, I, I think there's just anti-spiritual stuff that is involved in that. We need men who live with conviction, with purpose, gentleness, confidence, compassion, and righteousness. And I think men need to understand that that comes in a lot of shapes and forms. Some, um, not everybody is geared the same way, but still God has called men to be men and to live for God. As we celebrate Father's Day, it's ironic that the U.S. ranks highest in single-parent homes. Did you know that? Almost one out of four, one out of four, um, Homes in the United States of America is a single parent home. And we know that most of those homes, it's the mom that is taking care of the kids. Now, there, there's a few, um, a few uh, um, where that's the difference. It's the dad that's taking care of it. Um, but isn't that kind of ironic? We, we consider ourselves a spiritual nation and a godly nation. Um, and yet, this fatherlessness rate in our country is staggering. Uh, there's so many of the countries that it's b- in single digits, like 4 or 5% of the homes are, are single parent. And here we are almost at 25% of our homes. And as we look at the crime rate and the dysfunction of our nation, a lot of that can be tied back to having no dad in the home. And you go into Chicago where they have shootings every week, and especially on the weekends, you look and there's maybe t- 10, 12, 20 people that are shot and several are killed. And the, the problems there are just staggering that they have there. And uh, people get into the gangs because they don't have a good ho- home situation. And they're looking for a place to belong and to be wanted. And so instead of having a father in a home, they're looking to the gangs to mentor them and to bring them up. And um, it, it's just a sad thing. And so if there's ever a time in our nation's history that n- men... Uh, need to know God and to live with conviction, confidence, and compassion, it's probably now, right? We need men that bow their knee to Christ as their Lord and their Savior and live out those values of the kingdom of God in their daily lives. So that's what we want to look at this morning. Amen? So let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord God. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word. We pray that it would speak to our lives, give us an open heart to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to us. It is the living word of God. And we give you the thanks, we give you the praise, and we ask it in your name. Amen. Psalms 128. Let's read that together this morning. I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord. Now it says, All who fear the Lord. 
And, but we know that this is a, a psalm that is kind of written with men in mind. And that comes up, you'll see that in verse 4. Okay? Verse 2, who eat, they will eat the fruit of their labor and blessings. Oh, okay. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and who walk in obedience to Him. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and pl- prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. And your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Yes, this will be the blessing for the man who fears the Lord. So we see there that it's kind of dealing with men. Verse 5, may the Lord bless you from Zion. May you see prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And may you live to see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. Amen. So let's look at this. There's several points that I see in there. And so let's look at one of those. Verse 1 talks about that the kingdom man loves God and walks in his ways. The kingdom man loves God and walks in his ways. It says to fear the Lord. Now, fear the Lord is used a lot in the Old Testament. Now, in our day and age, we don't use that terminology. Now, maybe when you grew up, maybe you feared your parents a little bit. You loved them, but there was that respect there, right? Right? It's kind of like if I got out of line, I knew that the switch was in the hanging someplace, right? All right? Um, or the belts or something like that. There, there was a little bit of respect and fear that if I got out of line, something would happen. There is that idea with God as well that we, we have a love relationship with Him and He is our Lord and our Savior, but there has to also be that idea that we respect Him, that there is that respect for who He is, that He is God and we are not, right? Um, so, The psalmist is saying, one who knows God, who fears the Lord. And so it's a man who is faithful to the responsibilities that God has given him. That's what a kingdom man is. And he walks in the ways of God. He's a priest. He's a protector and provider for his home. Amen? To fear the Lord is an expression, as I said in the Old Testament, that idea of reverence and respect for God. Um, A kingdom man understands that God is his Lord, and he's worthy of that respect of worship. And obedience. Um, and the fear of the Lord, I believe, is more than obedience. It involves walking in that relationship that I realize I'm walking in relationship with my Lord and my Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For the man who fears the Lord, there is a promise. He will be blessed. Now, that word blessed means literally happy. If you're blessed, you're happy. Amen? How many want to be happy? Yeah. I want to be happy, right? It says that the man who fears God will be happy, will be blessed because of what God, his favor is upon uh, their life. Now, we all need hobbies, right? I think men need hobbies. Women need hobbies. Moms need hobbies. But what I see often in our culture is men can easily find they pursue their hobbies or activities that they enjoy doing those hobbies become more than a hobby it becomes their purpose all right and they pursue those things instead of after god i see that happening um i believe we need hobbies and so i enjoy doing hunting and fishing Uh, there's other things that i do because my kids do them tried golfing over memorial day weekend i tried and uh, <clears throat> I only lost four balls. wasn't too bad. 
Didn't hit any homes, so we go to this golf course. There's homes, you know, along the side, and it's kind of like, oh, great. Nothing like pressure. All right. All right. But, but we need hobbies. But our pursuit must be God, right? And that's what we see in this psalm, that the kingdom man, his pursuit is God. He's pursuing God and seeking after him. And that's where his heart is. And so the promise for that man is that they will be blessed. They'll be happy because it comes from God. Amen? So the kingdom man is one who loves God and walks in his ways. Secondly, verse 2, it says they will eat the fruit of their labor. Blessings and prosperity will be theirs. All right? So he goes into a little more what this idea of blessing, where does this happiness come from? First of all, they'll eat the fruit of their ways. What does that mean? You eat the fruit of your ways. It can be a good thing. It can also be a bad thing, can it? Kind of that idea, you reap what you sow. But it means simply that you will reap what you've harvested. What The work you've put in, you're going to see a return for that, right? All right? Unlike the stock market right now, if you put money in, you're not seeing a return. <laughs> you're seeing the opposite, right? But when you work, I think there's a joy I think men especially, but I think women do that as well. We don't mind working hard because if you get done at the end of the day and all of a sudden you see progress, it's kind of like, yeah, I worked hard, but I see a fruit from my labor, right? That's what he's talking about. Fruit, for, fruit from the labor of your hands means the result of your work, whether it is thought of in the terms of wages, crops, or food. Um, and so the, lo- one, the man who obeys the Lord will have enough from his work to provide for his needs and for his family. So, uh, God says that he will bless the work of our hands, but he also says blessing and prosperity will be theirs. Um, Prosperity, I think there was an, you know, if you go back 20 years, it was what was called the prosperity movement. I don't know if anybody even is aware of that or, you know, if you grew up in a church. I think they maybe took a little bit of the idea of the prosperity too far. There's a balance in all that, right? The idea of prosperity, and God says that to the people of Israel when they'd come into the promised land, that I'm going to prosper you. The idea of prosperity is that God is going to place his favor upon you, and he's going to remove obstacles and hindrances from your path so that it's just that way is easy. That is what the idea of being prosperous is, that God's favor and blessing is upon your life. It's going to go with you. And so um, for the man that fears the Lord, and we can include women in this, that God is going to have his blessing. He's going to give you favor as you put your, your hard effort into work that you're going to receive a return for that. Now, I was as we drove out to camp, so we've had the last couple of weeks, we've had hail in the area. Uh, Crete so far has been, we've been done well, but Beatrice, Hastings, Friend, Seward, some parts of Seward, but it avoided you guys. The head bad stuff avoided the, yeah, the Adam and Sarah. But we, we, when we were driving out there, we saw the pivots that were blown over. I saw cornfields that they were there, but they were just kind of shredded and stuff like that from the hail. And so they put in all the work, but their labor was for nothing, right? It'll just be crop insurance. But I believe the promise for God, and whenever you look at the promises of God, whether it's in the Psalms or the Proverbs, you have to see it that it is a, it's a universal promise, okay? So it's a general rule, okay? 
Train up your child in the ways of the Lord, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Okay, that doesn't mean that there's not exceptions to the rule, but the general rule is that. And I believe we can take those as God's word and pray according to them. But I even think about our, our son Daniel. He's a young man, newly married, not a father yet. But if you remember back in spring break time, he came home and uh, they were headed up to Omaha to see his older brother. And as they were going, his engine just dies on him. He coasts, coasts over to the shoulder. He's on I-80. Um, he was kind of, I think, in a middle lane there. You know, they got off without any accidents or anything like that. It took him a while to get it towed in. And, and what we had feared that might be the issue happened, that the engine just died right it just died and it was a fault when the engines were made by hyundai it was a fault in the engine there was engine filings in there metal filings in there and so right out about a hundred thousand they conk out on you and so there was a recall on it but his car was over the 10 years hundred thousand miles he had just turned he just told me i just turned over a hundred thousand when we had bought it We'd asked that question. They said, oh, yeah, you got a month left on the warranty, and then it's done. So it's kind of like, do we want to buy it or not? We did. Because it had been checked, right? They had checked it. The recall had been signed off on. We got it to Sid Dillon and Lincoln, and they looked it over and said, yep, that's the issue. Um, but what we were amazed at is that they they went the extra mile and says, we're going to turn it in. And so they turned it in. And it took a couple weeks for them to get that. But... And I was impressed with Daniel because he didn't he didn't kind of get impatient. He didn't get all frustrated. I know it was a little tense there. But um, in the midst of that, uh, they turned it in. They, they did a bunch of tests. They had to see his service records, you know, to make sure he took care of it. And all that checked out. And, and so they said, hey, it, it'll, it will we'll cover it by the warranty. And so they put in a brand new engine into his car, free of cost. And then even beyond that, he had to go back to Springfield, and they gave him a rental car. And they said, yeah, you're down in Springfield, so we're going to tow it down there for you at no cost. You know, and I, I just sometimes think, you know, sometimes it doesn't mean that life is not, things aren't going to happen. But I do believe there's still the promise that if we walk in the ways of God and fear him, that even in the midst of those, God's going to take those lemons and make some lemonade out of them. Amen? And he's going to have his favor upon our lives. Amen. Number three. The kingdom man has a family that flourishes. And so here it, me it says that your wife will be a fruitful vine within your house and your children will be like olive shoots that spring up around the table. Here it's just talking about um, God's going to bless your home, right? And and it probably very literally means that many children, right? All right. So all the moms out there say yes. We want a dozen kids. They actually at 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 camp Sarah was there. So I think the record they're asking, you know, who has came from the biggest family and had the most siblings. And I think the winner was 25, right? He had 25 siblings. Now I don't know if some of those were half siblings or not. I don't know, but it's kind of like 25. I, that that was a record. <laughs> the guest speaker is like kind of like, really, after 12, he's kind of like, okay, well, things are a little different up here in Nebraska, right? <laughs> um, but
But the idea in Scripture is that to have many kids was always seen as a prosperous thing, a blessing. And we know throughout Scripture there was times where with Jacob and his several wives, some of them were able to conceive and others were not able to conceive and Rachel wanted to conceive. And, but it was ultimately God answered the prayer, right? And she was able to conceive and have some children. Um, Leah just kind of was popping them out left and right. But children are a blessing from God. That is what is seen in Scripture. And the, the passage that Aaron said is that, hey, they're like quivers in a warrior's hand, and a man that has a quiver full of them is blessed by God, right? To have the children. And if, you, if you've struggled with that, of having kids, you'll understand that. Um, that it's not always just a given. Children are a blessing from God. And we've prayed for people here, and we've seen God answer those prayers. Amen? So the blessing that God gives to the man doesn't end with the man and extends to his family as well. And so like his children sprout up, you know, some plants really put out a lot of shoots, right? There's just some of them more so than what you like, right? And um, that is the the imagery here is that um, the man's household will be blessed with children. So... Uh, Psalms 127, 3 through 6, what Aaron read, said, Children are a heritage from the Lord, and offspring are a reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. Amen. You know, and when people settled Nebraska, right, they often had big homes, right? Big families, right? Why? They needed help taking care of the land right they did they needed help to do that and so everybody pitched in everybody had work to do and uh, that's how a lot of nebraska was settled amen all right so the ability to have children is a blessing from god number four the kingdom man brings prosperity peace and prosperity to his community so there again the blessing doesn't stop with the man or his family but also to his community. Let's read that, verses 5 and 6. May the Lord bless you from Zion, so Jerusalem. May you see prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And then he even says that you may see your children's children. Peace be on Israel. And so that blessing doesn't end with a man, but even goes to his community. You know, our nation, our world is desperate for men and fathers that love God, live with integrity, conviction, compassion, and confidence. Men who are our leaders and do not shrink back even when the going gets tough. Or even when it's not popular to be a man with conviction, to have values and to have beliefs. And in our culture today, that is very much the case. If you're a person that has convictions, you have values what is right and wrong, that's not necessarily acceptable in our culture today. All right? Our culture preaches tolerance, but they're not tolerance of people that live with values and conviction. And in a nation with the highest fatherless rate, there is so many, there is such a need for godly men to be a blessing to the community around them. So how can you be a blessing to the community around you? You can teach a class in your local church, children or youth. Did you know that? You know, um, I love working with the youth. It, it, um, I, I started off in ministry. That's what my, I was a youth pastor. 
And Amy was still finishing out some college. You know, she was kind of young. I started dating her when she was in high school. I was in college. So she was the professor's daughter. Um, so she had a couple more years. So I was a youth pastor for a couple years. And then we went into our first lead pastor, small church in North Dakota. And there I worked with the youth as well. And, um, and, and, and so th- there's those opportunities. So when you volunteer and help on with discovery clubs or youth, you don't have to be the leader. You can just come and help and be a, one of the leaders. I, I hung out. So the, the Cree boys were with um, uh, just a lay guy, lay person from York. And he just did a great job, did a great job. And we both like archery, so we talked about that. And, uh, he did a great job with our kids. We talked. And they're kind of a similar situation where they had a youth, part-time youth pastor, and they went off and took something else. And, and so lay people have stepped in to help out. But by doing that, you're able to be, especially if you're a man, you're able to be a father to m- sometimes kids that don't have a father in the home. All right? And so this week at camp, be a dorm leader at camp, this week at camp, um, probably a third or a quarter of our kids don't have a dad in the home. And so I have found myself in ministry or just in life being a father to the fatherless. My kids are raised. I'm still a father to them, right? Um, But there's still so many people, especially in our culture, that need men and women to step into their life and to sometimes provide in ways that maybe they don't have. Amen? And those are just some ways you can do that. You can be a teammate mentor. So Tom Osborne, you know, the, the legendary coach for the Huskers, uh, he started the teammate program. And so I, I've done, I've had three different young men that I've worked with in the Crete system. And um, the one especially didn't have a dad in the home. And, um, you know, there was times he really thought I was great. And then there was a couple, th- when he was a freshman, it's kind of like, oh, I don't know if I like this or not. And then, but he grew out of it by the time he was a senior and, um, you know, there, there's so many opportunities, maybe even foster care. Um, I, uh, foster care is a huge need in our culture right now. And there's some sacrifices there, granted. Man, but to bring in a child that just needs to be loved upon. I just think there's so many ways um, to be a father to the fatherless. And I've just seen that happen so much in, in this church. I've found myself in roles where I'm a father, whether it's to a young man or even sometimes a young lady. Um, talked to some young ladies this week, you know, that just don't have a dad at home. It's not their fault, right? It's not their fault. But they need somebody speaking into their life, somebody that believes in them, um, just like a dad does. Um, you know, I see Carlos out playing with his his daughters and with Sebi. And um, we don't realize how much how much that pours in and adds confidence into the lives of our children, right? And if you don't have that father in the home, they need somebody pouring into their life that believes in them and trusts in them. A man is a blessing to his community. When I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Boaz. How many know the story of Boaz? It's found in the book of Ruth, right? Book of Ruth. Uh, Naomi is an Israelite, a Hebrew lady from Bethlehem. Her and her husband, famine hits, comes to Israel. And so they go to Moab, right? And there's food there. But 
And they have two boys, and so their boys marry. But in the process of them being in Moab, it's like God's hand is against them. Her husband dies, and also her two sons die. So all she, Naomi is left is with her two daughter-in-laws. And so she goes, I'm going to go back to my homeland. I'm going to go back to Bethlehem. It sounds like things are better there. And she sends her daughter-in-laws, said, hey, you need to go back to your families. I can't provide for you. And so the one went back, but... Ruth says, hey, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Your people are going to be my people. Your God is going to be my God. And so she goes back with Naomi. They come back to Bethlehem. And, you know, they're both widows. Um, There wasn't any Social Security that you're going to apply for or anything like that. You were just dependent upon the mercy of people. And so Naomi sent Ruth to go work in the fields. So... Back in biblical times, they were supposed to leave the edges of the fields at harvest time so that people in need could come and harvest those and have some way to provide for themselves. So Ruth went out there, and she followed behind the people that were harvesting. And, and Boaz sees her there and realized she, Boaz was a, uh, was a cousin to Naomi. And, and uh, so he says, hey, guys, when you're harvesting, uh, make sure you kind of pull out a little bit. Be careless when you're harvesting. Pull out a little bit extra to make her work easier, right? And so uh, Ruth would come back, and, sa- and Naomi says, wow, you you really did well today. You got all this this grain. And, and so that happened for a while, and eventually there's something that happens. Naomi realized that Boaz could step in as a kinsman redeemer. In other words, if Boaz married Ruth and had a son, that would carry on the family line because it was all attached to this lineage that if they, there was this male, that they wouldn't lose the land. And so Boaz could step in and be the kinsman redeemer. And it's very much a picture of what Christ did for us, right? He redeemed us, bought us back. And so it is a picture of that. And so um, Ruth ends up giving him the sign that, hey, it's okay if you want to marry me. And ask, basically ask, will you be my kinsman redeemer? And so um, Boaz says, man, he's honored. Why? Because he's, he's older. We don't know how old he is, but he's older. And Ruth was young, and we get the impression she was a very beautiful, attractive young lady. And um, they get married, and they have a son. And his name was, I believe, Obed, right? Yeah. And guess what? Obed and... Ruth and Boaz are in the lineage of Christ, aren't they? Part of the lineage of Christ. Beautiful story. And, and the thing about it, Ruth was a Moabite. She was not an Israelite, but she was grafted into the people of God and part of the lineage of Christ. Isn't that cool? And Boaz was a godly man that feared God. And we don't know why he wasn't married. Maybe he wasn't the handsomest guy out there. We don't know, Right? He seemed very kind and, and generous, but here he is. He's getting up a little bit later in life, and maybe he thought this marriage thing had passed him by. And he, as he walked with God, God not, God not only blesses him, but he is a blessing to the community around him. And God even gives him a son and that is part of the lineage of Christ. That's a pretty good blessing, amen? Um, I believe that God calls us. There's some great promises for men. He calls us to be kingdom men and to live for God. And our world needs kingdom men. We need men who love God and walk in his ways. Are all men perfect? Absolutely not. All right? But men are men. They're not women. 
All right. I, I know that's obvious, okay? But appreciate, appreciate, appreciate the men characteristics. What do you mean by that? Well, men are, women are better at multitasking. Men just kind of, we get locked in and we work on something. So for, you know, we are not women. We, we, we see a job and we're going to do it, right? Okay. We don't see anything else happening around us. We're going to do this one thing, right? I think God created us in that way, right? We have difference. We're differences. That's why it's kind of, if God wanted to make us the same way, he would have made us the same way. He made us differently for a reason and for a purpose, right? Our world needs kingdom men. We need men that are blessed by God and that um, are blessed to their families and to the communities around them. I'm going to have the musicians come. Today we want to honor our fathers and we want to pray God's blessing over your life. And I pray that every man and woman here today has bowed their knee to God and said, God, be my Lord and my Savior. Why? Because the blessing, the blessing is clear. God is going to bless the fruit of your labor. He's going to have a blessing over your family. And as you are involved in the community, it extends there. It extends out to the world around you. Amen? Um, so if you haven't bowed that knee to him, I'm going to encourage you in just a minute here to do that. So would you stand this morning? I'm going to lead us just in a prayer of salvation and I often do that because I never know who's listening or who is here today. And maybe you've been here many, many times, but today is just the day you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to take that step and put my faith in Christ. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. I want to know I have the hope of heaven and I want to walk with God as my Lord and my Savior. I want to know his blessing and his happiness. You know, sometimes we, th- we look at life and we think, man, this is going wrong. This is going wrong. but we're not walking in the ways of God. Now, if we're walking in the ways of God, and this happens and this happens, your car breaks down, then to me that gives you, I don't want to say leverage, but it gives me a reason to say, God, I have been faithful to you. I don't know how you're going to turn these lemons into lemonade, but I'm trusting in you because I'm walking in your ways. You understand what I'm saying? You can stand on God's promises, but when you're not walking in God's ways, you're not honoring him, It's kind of like, okay, God, I want your blessing, but I'm really not doing what you've called me to do. You following me? I think you're shaking your head. Sorry. Walk in his ways. Honor him. The promise is God's blessing is going to go with us. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer, and I'm going to just lead us in a prayer of salvation. Would you all pray with me this morning, especially if this is your day? Say, dear God, come into my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sin. Cleanse my heart and make me clean. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And Lord, I pray for each person here, and I especially pray for our men, for our fathers, for our future fathers, Lord God. Lord God, there's such a desperate need within the church and with our world and our communities for men that live their life with conviction, that bow their knee to God and who live out the kingdom values in the world around them at home and at work and society, Lord. 
Raise men up, Lord God. May your blessing be upon those that are here today and those that are listening. Let your blessing be upon them, Lord God. And the promise is clear, Lord God, for the man that fears you, your blessing goes before them, Lord. Your favor, your glory. And so, Lord God, we give the thanks and praise. We ask in the name of Jesus, amen. Challenge men. God, I believe in Scripture, has called men to be the leaders of their home. That doesn't mean that they do it everything, they do it all. But that's a responsibility, right? And there's times that Satan attacks the home and attacks the family. And I want to imagine, there's a movie, I saw a commercial, it's about this beast, this lion that comes and attacks. And Satan's out there like a roaring lion, he wants to attack. Men, you're the protector. Some of the weapons, some of the fights we fight are going to be with physical. But some of them are going to be on our knees in prayer. You're the protector of your home. That God has given you authority there, and he wants you to use that authority to speak over your family, whether it's for healing, for salvation, to be that priest, to provide the leadership there. It's a husband and wife thing. We work, we do it together. Amen together we hold hands we do it together father this morning we just come before you um, we speak over our families this morning we speak Jesus and maybe people here today that have a child that's not walking with you Lord God and we just we just agree together Lord God that you would bring them back capture their heart we pray Lord Jesus draw them back to you Lord God we pray for those that need healing we pray for mary boyer this morning we thank you that there seems to be some good progress there we complete pray for complete healing there lord god over her lord god i pray for my sister this morning that's in the hospital um, and she just needs your healing touch this morning lord god father we pray for those that um, maybe are facing some difficult times financially or difficulties father you are a provider lord god and we just stand in the promises of your word lord god provide. Lord, we give you the thanks this day. Have your blessing upon all dads today. And Lord God, extend grace to those, to the homes the fatherless. Lord God, maybe there's a way we can be a blessing to those that just need a father figure in their life. And Lord God, let us speak life into them. Let us speak the promises and the hope of God into them. Go with us this day. Go with us this week. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Hey, God bless you all. Have a blessed day. And celebrate Father's Day. And uh, if you want a donut for the road or some coffee, I'm sure there's some there. You can finish it off. And God bless you this morning.